passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome to Believe in 76ers with your host, former 76ers point guard Eric Snow and two Sixers fanatics in Marcus and Tasia Dash. Believe in 76ers is presented by betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in 76ers podcast. I'm Marcus Dash. I'm here with our hosts, former legendary point guard Eric Snow and my brother Tasia Dash. Gentlemen, it was uh, media day yesterday, and today the guys are checking into training camp. Are you guys excited? Yeah, definitely. Time to get ready. It's here. I mean, I don't know. This year is going fast for me. I don't know. We made it. Know. We made it, man. It is. It is going fast for me. From the time we ended in that uh, that Miami game to uh, to now, I feel like this kind of just went by yeah. so fast. Sure, Brent. Yeah. <laughs> and once you get to football season, just take your foot off the gas, let yeah. it go down. It really goes. You're right. It really goes. It glide. It really goes fast. You're right. We're already in week four in football. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. By week start next week, or is it the- I think week six? Week I think six. Week six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we're getting a bye week season already. That's yeah, that's crazy. Great. Um, Eric, do you remember uh was was Media Day a fun day for for you guys when you played? Um I wouldn't I mean it wasn't not fun, it wasn't necessarily fun, it was an obligation. It was well it was an obligation, but it was really like the enthusiasm that you knew the season was right behind it. Yeah, that's true. So um it, it was just it just became a part of being ready and getting ready for the season, like it's really here. Um, to go and take your pictures and make it run and do everything, you, you kind of you you came to understand that that was just a part of training camp starting. Um, so I don't, I don't I'm not sure of how they do it now, but you know that that was you know how it was done, and you kind of felt like okay, it's here, it's time to get busy and all the talking, and you knew camp was right behind it. Or mm. do you think players are more um, I'm not going to say personable now, but more just used to being 
ask things and are more comfortable around it all because now access is all the time, right? You didn't even need a yeah. media day to be asked a thousand questions throughout the year. But now back then it was like, that was like the, the floodgates opening for the access to start again, almost. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, I think the difference to me, the main difference is, you know, the, these guys now with social media are so active as far as everything that, that they do. And I'm just speaking as far as basketball wise, mm-hmm. um, their workouts, their training and yeah. all of this. So people kind of had questions that they can ask them about. Whereas with us, it was just like, Hey, I haven't seen you since our last game when we lost, yeah. or our exit, you know, our exit meeting or exit, you know, interview. That was the last time I seen you. So they aren't interested in um, how your summer went. It was more of, you know, what happened last season and how do you move forward or new additions and anticipation. So it's all anticipation about this season. And that, you know, three four, three months you're out, it's like no conversation about it. And I think that's kind of a huge difference. Is, and we're asking James about his weight and, <laughs> and all this other stuff. Like, we got no questions about, like, that stuff. Mm-hmm. To me, that's just, you know, that's that's the major difference. But, you know, I think a lot of the guys that I play with, especially those older guys, they wouldn't – they weren't having that. So, <laughs> one guy one guy asked James yesterday, I think it was the dumbest question that I heard personally, um, was the uh, – he was saying how, how he had dark times with his injuries. Yeah. And uh, he gave the full answer, and they were like, can you tell us any more about that? He's like, what do you mean? You want me to tell you how I was feeling during my dark times? They're like, yeah. He was like, no, I'm not going to tell you that. <laughs> like, he was like, what? Yeah. You want, what do you want me to do? Like, what are you, a therapist? What the hell? What do you, what do you think you yeah, are? There's no, there's no hesitation in being evasive <laughs> with your questioning. Now, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, you know, the personal life, if it, if, if it wasn't pertaining to basketball or your availability, it was like, wasn't even spoken of. At any time, I will say from from the, the journalist aspect of things, Tasia, they they do in you know pressers like that with politicians, you know players, they do say you know what's the worst that's going to happen. They can say no and don't answer your question. So ask ask away. That's what. Oh they yeah, sure. <laughs> but I mean, like what I mean, like yeah, I mean that's true. That is true that you you can ask in that way. But you know when you violate, um, when you piss somebody off or you do something, then. You impact the relationship that you're supposed to be having going yeah. forward with that guy. So that's the risk that you take by asking questions that you know you probably shouldn't be asking. And are those details worth it? Like you already got the main part of the story, which is he went through dark times. You want to know a thought? What he thought by thought, minute by minute? Like what are you what are you looking for here? Like what do you what do you want? I mean, just like what, what I mean, what what answer could you have wanted him to give you? Go deeper in question. Yeah. That wasn't, you know, client therapist, privacy. Like, what what, what could he have given you? Dark times is pretty good. Boy, I mean, like, yeah, depressed. I mean, you, take it however you want to take it. Yeah, like, yeah. Really, I mean, like, it's more specific as far as, you know, anxiety, depression. <sighs> um, you know what I'm saying? But that's still a private issue. Yeah. And it doesn't concern him right now going forward and playing games, right? He's here right now. He's present. So it's really no need to go there. Yeah. That, that's just being nosy just to be nosy. Huh? Yeah. You journalists, like you said. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't like that, though. I, I wouldn't pry on those kind of details. <laughs> well, unless it was, you know, a politician holding their feet to the fire, but that's a totally different thing altogether. No, not James Harden in his dark times. Um, <laughs> all right, all right. We'll, uh, we'll begin with uh, uh, so media day questions. So our episode today is pretty much focusing on um, the most uh, the biggest moments of yesterday's media day, and that we that we feel are the biggest moments, and we're going to talk about them. So the first one is we're going we're to dive deep into a Tejas guy, Matisse Thybul. So uh, Daryl Morey said that uh, Thibel has been the most consistent player in Camden all offseason, putting in countless hours. I think they specified into uh, Tease, um, Tyrese, and uh, Paul Reed. Uh, no one outworked them at all this offseason, mm-hmm. which is great to see the young guys getting in the work. Matisse probably here in our podcast here in Tasia saying he needs him to shoot a certain percentage. Maybe that's what it is. Um, but sleep over that. <laughs> but Maury also spent a portion, uh, or uh, Matisse spent a portion of his offseason working out with Damian Lillard and renowned uh, sh- uh, shooting coach Phil Beckner and um, DeRozan. So, with the lack of wing defenders on the team, are we all underrating just how important Matisse is uh, to this team's success this season, Eric? Oh, you want me to go first? <laughs> we, we can have Tasia go first because this is, this is his uh, guy. I, I can go. Like, look, <laughs> I, I've said it before. And, you know, Taser kind of gives me, you know, a, a side eye when I have said, don't be surprised if he's your starting three. I, I, I said that. You have right? said it a lot. I say that. Yeah, I've said that. So um, I can say if the work that he's put in, I think if it's hopefully it's very beneficial for him. But I think if his growth is really well, it could be a terrific blessing for the Sixers. Terrific um, Not just just the growth from obviously Forteja being a you know higher three point percentage shooter, um, but also being an even more consistent defender, um, being more versatile. Um, you know, just because you're a good defender doesn't mean you can't improve. So he can improve on that. Um, I think you improve on his confidence. Mm-hmm. And 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 so I think if he can do those things and he can be more consistent um, with it, and I'm not sure if starting helps will help him for that or not. But I do know that um, he seems to be excited about going this season and, and, and what he could bring to the table. So hopefully it does, um, you know, translate for him and he's able to do to increases his play um going forward yeah uh, tasia uh, there's also a tidbit too this is a, a question that i was like is that tasia at the press conference or is that, <laughs> it, it was the question was is there a specific target uh percentage that he wants to shoot this year and yeah. matisse said uh a hundred percent is what he said and i was like oh okay Tasia's gonna love that answer <laughs> so, yeah. aim for the stars <laughs> hit the roof and roof hopefully is above 31 um i i agree too i i think uh defensively I was thinking about this too it's like he's so good at pursuing the ball when it passes him I almost think that's like his strongest part of his game is is attacking someone once they've driven by him he's so good at tracking the ball it's 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 one of the best I think he's one of the best at it in the NBA period um I wish he'd get better with the ball the player in front of him with the on-ball defense um but for all the crap I've given Matisse I I think, yeah, I mean, I was listening to Zach Lowe and Bontab's show last week, and they had a really long segment on the Sixers, and 
their biggest concern for for us this season was wing defense. Do you have guys who can guard Tatum and Brown in the series? Um, Matisse could be that guy, but they both dismissed him really quickly because they say on offense we play four on five um, because he can't dribble, he can't shoot, he's just he's just not he's not a player out there pretty much. And it was great to hear him say not only did he work on shooting this season, he worked on a lot of ball handling because um, I noticed a lot of times when, when Matisse gets a steal or he gets a loose ball kind of craps his pants a bit. He like doesn't know what to do with the ball. He like, flips it up in the air and it's like, dude, what are you doing? Just give it a second. <laughs> I'd rather have you take a second and let the defense catch up to you and get it to the right guy rather than just flip it up in the air to try to save time on a fast break. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's nice to hear that he, he knows exactly what he needs to work on. Um, but yeah, I mean, if he can get his shooting and ball handling up, I don't see why he couldn't start at three. <sighs> three point shot again. 30 percent yeah, yeah. last year, thirty one the year before. Yeah, That's, I don't, I don't, I don't. It's not I enough. Him improving the way he wants to and the way the team would like him to um, is more important than starting because he's yeah. still in a position where he could play uh, significant minutes if the improvements are there. And I don't if he, think looks, if he looks that good to the point where they feel like they have to start him, that's great, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think if you if you're you're if they're going to start them, and they're definitely going to start them, um, it's because you see that the value of starting him, and you see the value of increasing his minutes. Yep. Yeah. Um, his rookie percentage was thirty six. If he can get back to that, or even meet halfway between thirty one and thirty six, give me like thirty three and a half. That'd be great. I mean, I, I just, I mean, I you, think you just, you just know. And I'm sorry for cutting you off. I'm just saying That's you cool. know now um, having James and having, you know, Joel and, you know, two more offensive guys, you know, in, in, the, in the starting lineup, that you're going to get open looks. Yeah. That's why I said the confidence is so – is a huge piece of it. Um, you could put in all that work, um, you know, with that, you know, that hard work and then that repetition – but if the confidence don't meet that, you just you just working hard and repeating the same thing. But you're not believing that you can do it. So yeah. that's why you see a lot of guys that do all that hard work and do all that repetition to get in the game and that popcorn start popping and it's different. Mm-hmm. Which is funny when you're teammates with Joe and Harden because, you know, people always make fun of guys' videos when they post shooting jumpers in an empty gym. And it's like, oh, well, that's not a game situation. And there's going to be a guy in his face. With Joe and Harden, it's, it's, get, it's, 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 it's still not a game. It's, it's not live. You're going to get shots. It's just the confidence is huge when – and we've seen it with, with other players, and I know personally – when teams are making you the guy to shoot based on their defense, you feel we're going to allow you to shoot. We're going to leave you wide open. Um, Pressure's and on. That, and, and, and I believe, especially if he's in that starting lineup, that's going to come and that's going to come early and often. Are you ready for that? Um, I, I know when my first time starting in the playoffs, I was going to the game. We were playing at Orlando, and Mo Cheeks came to me, and maybe I don't know if it was the day before the game or the day of the game, and he was like, they're going to leave you wide open. 
you got to shoot it. You got to shoot it and just make it. Um, don't run away from it. You got to shoot and make it. And by him telling me that, it kind of prepared me for that moment. So I had that in my mind, oh, they're going you know, to try to leave me wide open. I mean, the first pass, the first pass of the game, I threw the AI and Penny Hardaway just took off and went to double out. Just right away. Allen threw it back and Penny just looked at me. I didn't even try to run back and recover. He just looked at me. So they were basically like, well, you want this? And I stepped right in there and made the shot. And it was like, boom. It was like I was good. Oh, I know how to play now. I got this. Oh, that's what y'all going to do? I'm stepping right in. I'm ready for that. But having someone kind of like give me that heads up almost. Green light. Was like all you needed to kind of be like, not only really for the confidence, but it's really to just be ready for it. Um, you know, and the same thing happened like my first year in Cleveland. Um, the first year we went to the playoffs. So we went to the playoffs. First time we went and we played Washington. And I can remember telling LeBron, like, hey, man, they're going to they gonna double you off the bus. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so <laughs> you got to be ready. You're going to have to, you know, trust it. You had to throw us the ball. Like, we don't make them. It's going to be on us. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, they're going to double you off the bus. Mm-hmm. And they did. And him being LeBron, he, you know, finding everybody, and we were knocking out shots, and we beat him. So game two, um, it was like, like, hey, they, we kind of heard them, so they're going to come in. They're going to mix it up. I'm not saying that they're going to W every time. They're going to play games with you. They may double off certain guys. They may, you know, stunt. They may act like they're going to double and then come back to kind of get you off balance. But they're going to change it up. And they did. And they beat us. And it was sort of like we were off balances based on, like, what they were doing. It was kind of taking us a minute to figure it out. And they played better than we did. But we ended up winning the series. But I'm just saying, like, the game of the playoffs is I'm starting to see that more in the regular season on a certain team, certain games where teams are coming in and something that may hold for the playoffs, they're coming in like, no, nah, we're going to make him shoot today. Hmm. And I think that's going to happen with him. Yeah. Viable immediately. I think because I think I personally think it's so much parity in these leagues that I think the teams are going to come in and we got to win games and you know, about tiebreakers that they're going to kind of use some gimmicks that they would probably hold um, but there, more teams are doing it in the playoffs. I mean, you know, in the regular season, which means that if it works, guess what the next game's going to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, good prep for the play- it's good prep for yes. the playoffs. Yes. So. so it's a good thing they do it. I mean, and he, you know, Thibault's been here throughout the Ben Simmons years. He's heard all the just shoot it, just shoot it stuff. So he Yeah, it's different. It's great to hear all that, but it's different when it's you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure all the heat on Simmons actually took pressure off of Thibault. He's like, "Well, what about him? He's not shooting." So it's like, <laughs> you know, he, he, you know, Thibault. I mean, you know, he got heat. Like we're fans, and you got all this heat on. Yeah, yeah. I, I want him to. I want him to be on the court more, and that that's that's going to be unlocked by him being somewhat of a threat to hit an open jumper. I just, you know, I want him to be there. I want him to be that open, guy. Open three. Yeah, that's that's what it is now. Yeah, open three. Yeah, just, <laughs> just thirty. Give me thirty. Specify that. Thirty-three and a half. 
Like, give me 33 and a half percent. I tell you, that's what analytics are. 33 and a half. Yeah. 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 And that's right in the middle between his rookie season and like now. So it's like right there, just the middle between your best and your worst. There you go. So once he shoots 33 and a half, you leave him alone? Yeah. You say 33 and a half. If his defense still looks the way it's been, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, because yeah, if he takes 33 and a half and then becomes a you know open door defense and like you know no not anymore but he's not gonna he, take that he's not gonna take a step back on defense like that I would hope not I would hope not I, here, here's another question for why we're on Thibault if he's like thirty again is he like I mean we tried and you know take it easy I mean like if he's like 30 percent just not I mean open uh, jumpers I mean, missing him yeah I don't I don't I don't know if getting rid of him is the answer I just think that maybe his role is diminished. But he's just not that guy. Like, okay, like his we're not. I going to happen in Philly. And his role as diminished is almost like sort of the other reserves you had, where they sort of become just more matchup and more defined role players. Mm-hmm. Damn, and he loses value too. If it, if it goes like you know, in your example, that's you know, you become more of a. To find the volume of this device, just ask. You hear that? What's your so much money? I say something about Google. To turn the volume up or down. <laughs> Tap the right or left side uh-huh. of the speaker. <laughs> no, Google. <laughs> that's good. That's loud, dude. All over man. That's... If I said something, they pray. If I said, "Hey, Google," probably... no, I shouldn't say that. I'm sorry. It's going to be getting <laughs> Bible updates all season. Yeah. Google, yes. <laughs> Bible at a three. <laughs> Maybe I need that. Look, I got all those things. Don't even know how to work all these gadgets, man. <laughs> Uh, one other thing that uh, Thibel said yesterday, because uh, I believe the year that he won Defensive Player of the Year at the Pack, uh, Melton was like uh, really close to getting it, and so apparently that's something that him and DeAnthony uh, still talk about. Um, is that Defensive Player of the Year award in the Pack? So yeah, hey, if those two, if if Thibel's not starting, he's come off the bench. Him and Melton off the bench. That's that's a nice dynamic defensive duo right there. Yep, well, yep, I like that. We'll see. We can mix and match. We'll see. And Tasia, okay, so your question, that hypothetical you said about Thibel um, becoming a 30% three-point shooter, uh, if he, you know, if he's dropped a little bit on his three-point percentage, what if he becomes a better on-ball defender, though? No? That wouldn't do anything for you? I mean, man, 29% from three in the playoffs, that's like, again, like they said in that show, it's four on five, man. Like, it's not, man, you, you need to be one of the best defenders in the league to still get those minutes if you just can't hit an open jumper. Yeah. You got to be a threat, right? You got to be a threat. Yeah. And just seeing where you were with the, the Thibel hypothetical. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I you know, I let's, let's hope. Let's <laughs> yeah. Hope. <laughs> um, okay, so our next topic, uh, so um, Harden and Embiid were asked uh, if this season would be a disappointment if they didn't go to the championship. Um, and I know, I know what Eric thinks on this one, but uh, James flat out, Harden said, uh, we're not answering that question. So you know, the good thing about this show is we can answer these types of questions. So my question to you guys, uh, if this season, w- would this season be a disappointment if we do not at least go to the finals? I believe so. Yeah, I mean, the goal is to win the championship. I mean, at least the conference finals, you can probably get a pass. Um, but the, the, what is the team built for? Championship. Yeah, I mean, James is not a, Young guy, I mean, that's, that's what it's built for. I mean, it's built for a championship, and you got a year where, um, 
you know, you Boston got their situation and, you know, you pulled a guy from Miami. Um, then you got, you know, Giannis and we don't know if their Middleton's coming back. We don't know his situation. So, you know, Brooklyn, obviously the talent's there, but we really don't know with that dynamic. They had their situation. Mm-hmm. So you got to be looking at this like, man, we got a shot. Yeah. And yes, if, if we don't make it, how many chances, how many years we're going to get? Like I, I've said it before. I know I got criticized um, saying that Joel's championship window is, I don't think it's that big. I don't, not from him being good. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to always be good. I'm just saying for the, the years that we have, for him to have his best years and us to win a championship, with him being that guy that he is right now. I mean, it, I don't know why you got Dolphin. It's a total not, legitimate statement. He, he's not the only guy in the league that, that have a window like that. <laughs> Joker is the same thing. Yeah. Big guys like that. I mean, they yeah, just. Yeah, I mean, they, they don't. Do this for and he's got an injury. Twelve years, yes, they don't do it. But so yes, to answer your question, yeah, I believe so. I, I believe that um, as tough as I think the East is, with all when all team with teams have all of their guys and they're playing well, I, I think it's extremely tough. Um, but that's why I think the regular season is important. You know, home court should matter. Yeah. Um, you know, I think if you approach it that way and you get home court then you gotta win it you gotta win those games and I think that was huge for <clears throat> Miami um, I think it was huge for you know Boston and you go to state and you look and those you know you just never know but having home court helps and it matters not only just home court because think of it who's our biggest threat Milwaukee if yes. we're first then who's probably that's, second? Milwaukee, which means we wouldn't face them to the Eastern Conference Finals. So yeah, that's 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 a great point. And then you look at Milwaukee last year and and play Boston without Middleton. It took them to seven. Mm-hmm. You know, teams won. You know, on the road they did win road games on both sides, but in Game Seven, Boston won at home. Yep. Um, so <clears throat> you know, Miami didn't, but I had a chance. Yeah. So you you just you just want to put yourself in the best position. But yes, I, I'm saying um I, I don't necessarily say winning a championship, you know, is is or it's a failure, but I'm saying conference finals, finals, yes. Um, you know, we we've went to what, the second round and like that's we can't even look at that anymore. That's like we oh. did that. Years ago, no. Um, so you, you got to get to the point where it's almost like the Pistons teams um, when they lost all of those consecutive conference finals before they went to the finals when Coach Brown showed up, <clears throat> and they were going to the conference finals and was getting criticized because they couldn't get to the finals. So, um, well, we've hadn't gotten to the conference finals. So it may get a pass by making it to the conference finals. But that being said, it would depend on how that series would go. Yeah. How you, if you lose, how you lost. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you, like Milwaukee last, you lose and you lose in game seven. Yeah. Then it may be like, well, how you played individually or adjustments or this and that, but it wouldn't be looked at as a failure. 
Mm-hmm. Just maybe that game is disappointing. Uh, but the season wouldn't be, but look, at this point. But other than that, yeah, that's that's how I see it. I mean, I'll be disappointed no matter what, right? So unless we, yeah, win. I'll be disappointed. Yeah, but but is it overall disappointment? I would say an improvement would be. I, I don't think that'd be disappointing. I mean, not a failure. I'd say going to the Eastern Conference Finals, but then it goes down to how do we lose the Eastern Conference Finals? Yes. Does Embiid get hurt again, and then where he's out three games, and then we have to like patchwork and try to come back when he comes back? That's been the rough part about our losses in the playoffs. They've all been either an Embiid injury or some kind of weird flu that he's had. So one way or the other, we never really had a legitimate full playoffs of like health. But you know that happens. It's gotta play with what you're dealt. Um, but yeah, I mean, if we made it past the second round, though, all those Sixers second round exit jokes would go away. That's mm-hmm. cool, right? So at least we have that. Um, <laughs> tired, tired of seeing those. Um, I mean. If we lost in the finals, I'd still be pissed off, even when we made it there. But it is an improvement. Yes. Um, so I'd say Eastern Conference Finals, I wouldn't be like – I don't consider it a failure, but I want to see how it would go down that way. Yes. Um, how how it would go down would matter, whether it's a – you know, most people would consider it a failure or not. It's a failure of the season. Mm-hmm. Like Eastern Conference Finals, the Kawhi bounce. What would happen? You'd be disappointed there. <laughs> Very disappointed in the loss, and you know what I'm saying, but not saying, "Hey, we got a disappointing season." Like when that happened with Kawhi, um, we looked like, "Man, we could have went." You know, we could have won that. Didn't try to let him win it, but we didn't look at that season as a failure. Mm. We looked at what could have been because it was dissolved after that. Yeah. Well, because this is what I'm saying. This is the first year that we've kept who we had and built off of it in a long time because the Butler year, that was all midseason acquisitions. We totally yes. changed our roster up. We had no depth. We we stripped our depth. The next year, we flipped it and went the whole Horford, Josh Richardson thing. That didn't work. And then the next year after that was kind of Maury and Doc coming in, right? So the, a whole new regime from top to bottom, getting rid of those guys, getting Curry in, redoing the roster. And then midseason last year got hardened. That's a totally new roster in midseason. So, like, this is the first year we've kept who we had, kept so, GM, and added to it. So, the year that we lost to the Hawks, weren't we like set going into that year? The the year we got the Hawks, um, we got Maury and Doc that year, and they got rid of Horfer. They dumped Horfer for Green. They they did the Josh Richardson for Seth Curry trade. And we drafted Maxi, so a lot kind of a lot got added into it. But your best two players were there. Sam and were still and there. Joel was there. Yeah, yeah. It just yeah. became a new, new coach, new coach, new, new management, and then technically we lost two starters. We lost Horford and Richardson. Um, it's kind of I mean that's kind of big of a turnover. Yeah, I mean Simmons and Embiid staying there was. Consistent, but so, I yeah. mean, I'm trying to remember, like who, who started that year? The the hawk season, yeah. You mean like our starting five? Yes. Simmons at one, Curry at two, mm-hmm. Green at Simmons, three. Curry, Tobias. Simmons, Curry, Green, Tobias, Embiid. Yeah. So basically, same team as last year, pre James. Pre James, yes, with no Simmons, obviously, but no yeah, Simmons, yeah, yeah. 
And then how we ended it was total different. I mean, like at that point, it was very different. So it's interesting to have to keep what you like from the previous year and then add on top of it, which we only were able to do that because Harden did what he did with the contract thing. But I got what that wouldn't happen. I, I, I get what you're saying. The consistency of um, your group. I mean, that's the one thing that um, like Milwaukee's had that. You know, yeah, with some consistency. So finally, no butts from us, which I do like. Uh, We're finally going into a season to start. We have our team. We we kept our guys we liked. We built. We we filled the holes we thought. We got our dogs. Got our rebounding. Our toughness. Yeah. Um, and then let's see. You know, let's see what it is now. So I'm I'm happy we finally have that. No more going into the season or mid season excuses, which I'm I'm tired of. Yeah, I can see that. I got you. And I think some players alluded to it yesterday that um, I think someone asked a question during media day about how this media day was so different from last year's media day where we had the Gosh. whole, the Simmons thing was kind of hanging over everybody. And that was every question towards the guys was a Simmons question. And you could tell the guys were just not, not happy about uh, those questions. So uh, yeah, they're happy. It's good. Happy it's done. That's new, why. Yeah. New, new beginnings now. Um, and then just for, for those who, you know, were watching or, or listening um, we haven't been to a conference final since, our guy East Snow was uh manning the ship. <laughs> that was a long time ago, fellas. A long time ago. Um, At that time, I had one child. <laughs> <laughs> Got a basketball team now. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <clears throat> so yeah, a, a, a while. So I I think we if we just get to that and you know if we lose six seven games in a heartbreaking fashion or is a close series, I think that would be a, a win. Or, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll probably we'll be disappointed. Oh, happen. But as a whole, like when you look back, there are there will be positives to draw from that kind of season. I don't think it'll be a there's nothing to draw. You know. Yeah, I'll be throwing temper tantrums, tearing my jersey off, and you know, crying myself to sleep that I'm night. Like, yeah, yeah, that boy. does happen. <laughs> All right, but uh, next topic. Um, so Joel Embiid said his goal for the season is to be the number one, uh, to have the number one defense in the league. We already know about the sky-high ceiling for this offense. Um, obviously, Harden and Embiid's uh, pick-and-roll game was graded so highly last year. Um, but where do you see the Sixers realistically ranking on defense? And just an overall question, would you rather have the number one offense or the number one defense uh, this coming season? Um, I would say the number one offense um, and a top-five defense. Oh, it has to be a number one defense, maybe even top 10 defense. Because I think if you have the number one offense and you have a one of the top defenses, um, even if it's not number one, then your 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 chances of winning yeah. games are extremely high um, versus the other way around, in my belief. Top defense and the top 10 offense. I just think that, that offense um, – puts a lot of teams on their heels and it also helps your defense be a little better because you're not playing against transition or um, teams that are breaking out for easy baskets and easy looks. So your offense can kind of help your defense. So that would be my choice. We're aligned. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think the Sixers can be ranked realistically. I think, Top half of the league, realistic. Uh, I think they could go top 10. Um, it's going to be tough. And that's another thing that I know Lowe and Vontemps really lamented on was 
it's going to be harder ranked really high when you have Harden and Maxi starting at one and two and playing major minutes together because those are two guys that you can definitely target. You can target either one of those guys on the defensive side of the ball. So them together, I mean, it's going to be a little tough to start and close out games. Um, how they mix and match minutes with the Thibels of the world and the Meltons of the world who will give an uptick of defense. We'll see what happens there. We definitely have guys off the bench who can play in multiple multiple positions on defense. You know, Melton can do that. House can do that. Um, Tucker on the starting five can do that. Matisse can guard multiple positions on defense. Um, so if Maxi can just take a defensive step up um, with Joe, Joe's Joe, Harris has been – I think Harris's defense has been overlooked the past few years. I think he's improved a lot. I know Butler gave him work with those pump fakes and pivots in the uh, in the in the uh, paint in the playoffs, yeah. but you know, I I that's not fair for Harris. You shouldn't be paired. You shouldn't be having to guard Jimmy for thirty minutes plus minutes anyway. So, um, but his defense has definitely improved. Tucker's Tucker, obviously. I think you know, I don't think he's going to have a huge drop off. Even if he has a little drop off, it's still a really good defensive player. Um, so we have three good defenders off the bench. We have a couple of. We have one, two really good ones in the starting lineup. We have a mid-level starting lineup in uh, in Harris, but we have two in Harden and in uh, Maxi. So, um, and which one would I rather have overall? I'd rather have the number one offense. Um, besides everything you said, it's just much more fun, isn't it, to watch? Got it. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, but you, you mentioned Maxi's defense. Um, so Maxi did talk about how much defense matters this season. Um, so my question to you guys, if Maxi was going to take another step on one side of the ball this upcoming season, would you prefer it to be on the offensive side or the defensive side of the ball? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I would say defensively from the simple fact that I think that, um, um, if he can get to the point where we can put him on any guard, yeah, that would definitely help him and help the team. Um, so if, whether it's a point guard or a wing, um, you know, primary ball handler or not, that he's able to be that versatile and be able to, you know, not necessarily shut people down, but average them out mm-hmm. uh, or better will we'll, we'll definitely be an improvement. Um, and, and that would go a long way with helping the team, in my opinion. Huge. It's a great question, too, because most people constantly talk about Maxie taking another step on offense all the time. That's all you really hear about, actually. But yeah. he's already really good, especially for his age. Yeah. He's a really good, polished offensive player already. Like, what he's done is already leaps and bounds where people thought he would be at this point. So, I mean, yeah, he can get better, but I'd rather him become a more complete player. I'd rather him become someone who can't be targeted and bullied on offense or on, on defense. Um, I'd prefer he take a step in defense if he's a more more complete player. At least not even again, like you said, not even to lock someone down, but just not be targeted. Not have someone like Tyler Hero go, all right, I'm going at all right, just put 12 on Maxi in the next like five minutes. Okay, cool. Um, just to have someone not be a complete liability where Joe know, knows he has to help out because Maxi's over there on ISO. Um, because I think Harden is who he is on defense right now. But if we can put Maxi on the more athletic guard between the two and maybe have Harden be on the more, like, bigger guard, at least it would play to their strengths a little more. Um, and, honestly, his defense needs a lot more work than his offense does. So 
for us to want, if we did want offense, it'd be greedy at this point because he's already so far ahead of where he should be. Yep. Yeah, and you see a lot of Sixers fans talking about oh, how, how much better can Maxi three point game get this year. It's like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know how efficient he was at three point shooting. It was like ridiculous. Like, yeah. I mean, if he gets better from here, you're talking about like Dame Lillard potential on shooting. He's already pulling up for like thirty footers, and like mm-hmm. no one's even guarding him out there. Like, so I actually think he might regress a little bit, which wouldn't even be that bad. I, I, I the rate he's going. You know, I mean, you can't get that much better that fast, right? I mean, unless you're just a, one of the top 10, 15 players in the league, I don't think he's there yet. So, you know. Got a lot of fans out there who are ball watchers, man, in football and basketball. They, 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 <laughs> like, they like scoring on offense, man, ball watching. Yeah, always. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. If the game targeted on defense in the playoffs is what's going to make us lose, though. Yeah. Not, not him scoring 23 instead of 18. That's mm-hmm. not going to lose us the game. We already have enough guys who could put the ball in the bucket. We need a guy who can stop the guy from putting the ball in the bucket, you know? Yeah. No, 100%. Uh, so our last topic of the night. Um, so outside of the starting five, which everyone talks so much about, um, mm-hmm. which player will you guys be watching and paying the most attention to um, during training camp? Um, Should we exclude Thibel from this question? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the easiest. That's the easiest guy. It, right it is very that's, easy because that's the guy that probably has the most uncertainty on on his how his role is going to be defined. Absolutely. Um, so yeah. if you you know, since we spoke about him earlier, let's probably you know besides him. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I would say James. I think the reason why I say that is um, his approach and his start for the season. He's historically had some slow starts at times. It's true. So um, I would like to see how this year goes. Because based on his comments, he anticipates it being different. What about outside the starting five? Um. I would say not necessarily one individual. I want to say the bigs, but I'm going to say the wing perimeter players that are returning. Okay. Who Who's going to get some separation and who could um, make, make a big jump to be like, hey, this guy is earning his stripes to be in this rotation and stay in there. Like Ferk, maybe Isaiah Joe. Shake. Like, Shake, yeah. It might be our primary separate themselves from the pack. Yeah. And he was even saying yesterday how last year was such a lost year for him, he felt because so I, I, I'm, so I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating I would like to see that right there. Um I'll do starters and non-starters. I think the um James is obviously fascinating, not only just for us and Sixer fans, but just like you said, he's done something different this year. I'm really curious to see how, because he always says he he uh, he kind of uses the season to get into basketball shape, whereas he's so far ahead this year, he's already in basketball shape. Now he's just going to shake off some of the offseason rust, right? Whereas usually he used the season to get into shape. I'd love to see how that impacts the start of his 
uh, of his season and how much better yeah. he's going to be to start off the year. I mean, the, the preseasons are so short now. Like before four, you know we're going to be involved. And, and, and even just from a week standpoint, weeks and before the, you know, from start first practice to first game, the time in between is so short. Before you know, we're going to be in Boston playing the first game. Yep. Yep. So, um, bench, uh, I love the wing answer. Uh, I'll be a little more specific. I'll say Melton just because he brings so much that we've kind of been lacking. Um, I know we have some guys who can move, but he is probably our most, probably our most explosive and athletic player we have. Um, probably our best defending guard at one and two at this point. If, if I was going to put one guy at, on a point guard, I would probably put Melton on him. Um, and then I'd say maybe our best rebounding guard, although James is – we probably have two of the better rebounding guards in the NBA, actually. Maybe top right, two of the top ten probably, which is pretty cool. Um, but I also want to see more so for Melton. I want to see if he can – because he, he has spot guarded bigger wings – I want to see if he can maybe, as he's gotten older and stronger, handle more of those on a night-to-night basis. Because then you can start talking about maybe playing him at some smaller uh, wing uh, with Harden and Maxi in certain lineups. If he can handle that. If he can do that in like two to four minute spurts. So I want to see if he can handle guarding slightly bigger players. Because he's got a crazy wingspan. I think it's like 6'8", 6'9", or something wingspan. Um, And he's got great instincts. And, you know, I, I think he can do it. I just want to see if, you know, what, what happens, especially with having Joe back there as support, knowing you have him behind you. It's a whole different ball game, right? So, um, so yeah, I'd say probably Melton. Yeah. I'm excited for any, any of the new additions between House, Strand. Yeah. Uh, I just want to see how, how they how they, how they work with with, with the um, the night shift that we got. We have some great competition too, man. With the second unit, with House fighting for minutes, Niang fighting for minutes, Ferk fighting for minutes. Dude, Shake, who was one time a starter for us, now he's fighting for backup one minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we have we have a deep team. We have a fun second unit that it's going to be fun to track and see how these guys do. Our training camps will be, yeah, entertaining. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch, and um, yeah, and we'll be able to see uh, our guys in action next Monday against the Nets, and uh, that'll be what we talk about next week on, on next week's show. But um, until then, that does it for us. Thanks for tuning in to Believe in 76ers presented by Bet Online. We'll see you guys next week as we discuss the reaction or the overreactions to uh, Brooklyn Nets and 76ers' uh, first uh, preseason game. So we'll see you guys next week. All right, guys. All right. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.